Welcome to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up, and 40% of graduates never work in a job that require their degree, this podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. So with the fact that 85% of students walk down the stage without a job lined up, I decided to create a really short assessment that students can take right now that will take less than five minutes and give them a very clear idea of how ready they are to graduate with a job. And it's kind of funny, it's fun, and it will give you an animal. You'll either become a sloth, somebody that's just kind of be sleeping through college. You either are a bear, someone that has a lot of potential but has been hibernating. You could be a dog, someone that has been doing some great things, are trainable and have high potential or you can be a unicorn. And that is a very small percent of students that have done exactly what it takes to land their dream job and have already done it. So which animal are you? Find out at masteringcollege2career.com forward slash assessment. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I have an amazing guest for you today. You're going to enjoy this episode. I have Mr. Terry Brock here, and he's a communicator. He's a professional speaker that is in the Professional Speaking Hall of Fame. And as you know, for the audience, I am a professional speaker myself. And having him on my podcast is like if you had Michael Jordan and you play basketball. That, that is how excited I am to have Terry here. Um, Because he is just so full of knowledge. He's so charismatic. You're going to get to know him a little bit better. But let's get into the episode. Terry, how are you doing today? Oh, well, muchas gracias, my friend. Thank you very much. I'm doing great. It is wonderful to be with you today. Let's make some magic. Let's do it. So, Terry, for the audience that might not have been able to, like, has never heard you speak because they're not in corporate America and they don't get to see such great speakers like yourself yet, um, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a communicator. I talk and I write. I talk now. Actually, I like to say I get paid now for what I used to get sent to the principal's office for. (laughs) It's kind of cool. And so we're getting paid for doing what we love to do. And I get a chance to work with people around the world, 40 countries and counting, Daniel. So uh, where I'm going and speaking. And I do a lot of talks on technology, on social media. I've done a lot with crypto, but all based on the idea of relationship marketing of how we can help people to connect with others better, make the world a better place, and we can get out there and I think make this a whole lot better than it is right now by doing the right things. I love it, you're you're such an inspiration. Right there, guys, that is hashtag goals for me. So Terry, there's a million topics that we could, I could have, you know, talked to you about and say, because you're such an expert in social media, technology and everything like that. But there was one topic that after doing some research and saying, what would be the best topic to have Terry speak to the audience about, and that is how to overcome overwhelm. And I know you did a TEDx talk about this a couple years back, and when I listened to a TEDx talk, I said, this is the topic that I wanna dive into with Terry. Terry, um, 
share a little bit why you think um, overcoming overwhelm is becoming such a big issue right now. Well, that's really important. I think you hit the nail on the head, Daniel, because so many people today are overwhelmed. It's like we've got so much good in our world today. We've got the University of YouTube where we can learn so many things. That's wonderful. We've got Google. You want to know, well, you know, what's the temperature right now in Bangkok, Thailand? Well, you can find that out if you ever needed to, or who's the president of this country or that country or whatever. But we can also go more in depth. But then also we've got messaging which is wonderful. Like for instance, you and I right now using Zoom and we've got the ability to see each other, to talk. We're getting brilliant video that years ago would have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and we're doing it for hardly anything. However, there's a flip side. And the flip side is we've got so many messaging capabilities that we get overwhelmed with it. We can reach each other via Zoom, via email, via Snapchat, via WhatsApp, via text, via da 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 and it just goes on and we go, holy smoke, what am I going to do here? And it really can get to be confusing. Plus, there's always something more that we can learn. Oh, did you see that news about da 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 Did you see that news about this? Oh, there's a breaking news over here. Oh, there's a new podcast you got to listen. And we just go, wait, wait, wait. I need some time. And I think what we have to do is we have to have certain ways of living our life. And we have to have, I like the way that Clay Shirky talks about it. It's not so much of uh, information overload. It's rather filter failure. We need certain filters to say, this is of interest to me. This over here, not so much. And I like to use a grading scale. I think what we need to do is to really focus on those items, those tasks that are A plus activities for us. And each person defines what is the A plus. The real challenge comes not with the, the C or the D items. You know, we can handle those real easy. I, I'm not interested in that. But it's where it's a B or a B plus. Mm, that could really get somewhere. And we got to be careful of that dangerous word, could. Oh, I could do that. I could do this. And the answer is, yeah, you could, but at what cost? So Terry, let me ask you, and I'm going to be asking you in, in questions that I, back when I was in college, wish I would have known, right? And it, these are all things that I'm actually struggling with right now. And when I look back and I and identify and I, and I see who's the students that are listening to my podcast most, and I was sharing this with you earlier, I think that the majority of my audience are students that are not necessarily lost and don't know what to do. They're actually students that have a lot of things that they want to do and are overwhelmed because they're trying to do a million things at a time. And, and we yes. talk about how I tell the students, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Right. So I'm, I'm a student. I'm a current student. I have a million goals. I'm extremely overwhelmed and I've really spread myself thin. What do you, t what do you advise me to do? I would say be careful. Because you could do a lot of things. Oh, yeah, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And we quickly find that out. Find out what the goals are that are important to you. This is where we have to do something called step back and be very quiet. Think about what we need to do. Meditation is a really good tool throughout the centuries that really smart people have used to make sure that they're focusing, calming their mind. As the Japanese would say, we have too much of a monkey mind. You know, all these things running around here, jumping back and forth. We need to have that calming. And I think that what you would want to do is to look at those things that are important to you right now. Now, of course, throughout life, that will change. 
your priorities change, life will change. Let's say you get a wonderful offer and someone wants to pay you a lot of money to do certain tasks and you look at it as a good fit and you like to do that, you work with them. Well, then that is now a priority. That has become an A and A plus priority where other things that are A and A plus right now might fall down and not be as important. So always take that time every day, every day to meditate, be quiet and think about what's important to you. When I was a college student, I, I've always been very goal oriented. And I think that's something that has helped me throughout the years. But there was a yeah. point in my life where I used to have a spreadsheet with goals. And I used to have um, seven categories of life, like health, profession, financial, relationships, and so on. And every single category, I had three to five goals, meaning that I had 30 goals at a time that I was trying to achieve. But what I quickly found out that when I make everything a priority, nothing's a priority. Bingo. So how do I prioritize? I think you have to step back and think, what is my overall purpose? Is if, for instance, if you're out and you don't ha and work and you don't have any money, well, money suddenly becomes important. You know, that's there. Or if you have bad health, let's say you had a, some kind of a sickness that hit you. Well, suddenly all your priorities shift and you've got to put getting rid of that sickness or getting over that injury or whatever it might be as a priority. So that's where every day, you need that time to step back and go, okay, what's most important today? And be very careful. Keep those filters very strong of what is falling into the, yes, this is nice. I honor that, but I'm going to put it over here on the shelf and move on to something else instead. What, is there a magic number of how many things you, you should be focusing? Like, should there be like, I know that if I focus on 10, on 10 different things, I will do none of them right. But is there a, a suggestion on saying, okay, maybe you should only focus on blank numbers? I think that depends on the person. It depends on what you're doing. For instance, you say, well, I'm only going to focus on, let's say money is an important thing. You need to get some money. Well, you say, I'm only going to focus on money. Really? What about your health? Oh, yeah, you do need to address that because you don't have your health. You're not going to have anything. I remember my grandmother told, telling me that. If you have your health, you've got everything. And if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And so you want to make sure that you do it. But I think of the number three is what I hear from others. There's no absolute number, but that's probably the closest to an ideal. Relationships, health, these are important. Because when you think about it, those relationships that matter most to you are the ones you want to focus on. And those, of course, will change throughout life also. But uh, find out those three things and realize some of the things you're going to have to say no to. Warren Buffett says it really well. Very successful people generally are saying no 19 times for every one yes. They're saying, I just can't do it. I don't have time. And it's, I honor it. Thank you. That would be really good. I just can't do that. My plate is full right now and spilling over. I would love to talk a little bit more on how to say no, right? And, and for me, that's a big problem because yeah. I, I think I'm very genuinely caring and I want to help as many people as possible. And because of that, as soon as somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, Daniel, can I get 10, 15, 30 minutes of your time? Hey, Daniel, can I ask you a question? And, or Daniel, can you do this? Hey, Daniel, do you want to play on this soccer team? Hey, I, I've always said yes, 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 right? I struggle saying no. And how do I learn to say no? What can I do to say no that maybe won't hurt my relationships in the short term? Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head there because often what happens is when we say no, we're feeling, hey, I'm going to offend the other person. And if you say no in the wrong way, of course it could. But what you want to do is to, first of all, understand you have to say no. 
Because if you say yes to everything, you're saying no to some really good opportunities that you could be involved in, some relationships that you could develop. Because we only have so many hours in the day. This is economics. There's limited resources. And so we have to focus our time and our attention, our TME, time, money, and energy, into those areas that are going to be most important. So you learn to say no, but in a way that honors the other person as well. So like, for instance, if uh, let's say Bob comes along and says, Terry, can we get a meeting? Can we do lunch today? I get that a lot, by the way. And uh, you will as well, Daniel. Mark my words. You're going to get a lot of people say, hello, let me just uh, take a look. I want to pick your brain. And they'll use that terrible phrase, pick your brain. Remind me of a bunch of vultures hanging around a body, you know, and picking it apart. I go, no, we don't do that. That's not honoring the person. Base our life on value for value. Value for value in the marketplace says, I will buy this widget. How much is it? It's X number of dollars. Okay, here's my money. Now you have the money and I get the object. Both sides are better off. It's a wonderful transaction. It's a wonderful way that the world works. However, what you want to do is watch out for the people that are going to just take your time. And they feel that just because they have a need, that constitutes demand on your resources, your time being the most important resource. I think what we have to do is we have to honor them and, all, and to say something like, gee, Bob, I'd love to get together with you, but I'm, I'm just really busy right now and can't commit the resources to that. And I won't be able to for quite a while. However, here's what I can do for you. Let's do this. Or can I do this? Or maybe this person can meet with you. I'm finding that often people want to get together for a physical luncheon as if they, they buying me a sandwich is going to really just make me jump up and down for joy. I, I can afford a sandwich. I can afford to buy these things. Uh, what I really need is people where we're going to have value for value. And often I find we can use the technology to help us where we have, I have Zoom meetings often with people even here in Orlando. Because as you know, Orlando's got this little parking lot called I-4, and uh, most big places in the world have their own version of that, where it's just traffic just sitting, and you're wasting all this time to, to go somewhere. Instead, connect with the person, but using Zoom or things like that can be helpful. And I find I want to spend my time with people who are willing to put their time and effort into something that's meaningful. You want to get my attention? Show me that you're devote, devoted to and supporting those causes that I believe in. Like, for instance, you and I met through our Central Florida chapter of the National Speakers Association over in Tampa. When you were there, just your body literally there and you were involved with it, let me know you were putting in your time, your money, and your energy to be there supporting a cause that I believe in as well. So I go, okay, this person gets my attention and uh, I want to be able to do that. So I love it. And I think that that's, I guess, a question, and this is a little bit off topic, but we were, you're, you briefly covered it. Students come to me when, you know, one of the things about finding a job for students is 80% of jobs or more are got, received, not through applying online, but it's through networking, through referrals. Yes. You know, it's, it's somebody connecting you to that job, right? And I encourage students to reach out to, you know, professionals or, you know, the best way to reach any goal is to learn from someone who's done it. What advice do you have for students, and, and, and you briefly talked about it, maybe if you could elaborate a little bit more on how to connect with individuals that are in a higher position that might be very busy, that might be you know, saying, hey, no, I can't invest my time and resources in meeting with you. 
Yeah, that's a great question because you're going to get that a lot. You want to meet uh, Joe. Joe could be a man or a woman. Joe Celebrity. And Joe Celebrity is really good or they might own a company or something like that. They could give you a job. And so you think, wow, I need a job. Therefore, you've got one. You should give me a job. Is the wrong mentality. You know, nobody owes you anything. Nobody. And they don't owe you even being nice to you. So what you've got to do is figure out what are their needs. Do some homework. Do your research. Find out what Joe Celebrity is interested in. You find out, oh, Joe Celebrity supports this charity or is interested in this cause or has children that are interested in this. And you can walk up to Joe and say, oh, Ms. Celebrity, hey, nice to see you. By the way, I, thought, I saw that you were interested in such and such good cause. I am as well. As a matter of fact, here's something that we have been doing to raise money for them. We've done this here. Perhaps you and I can work on that. You would find you on the most business is done really through the back door, not through the front door. People come in because not because you're on the front door banging away going, hi, I'm wonderful. Hire me. You know, they don't do it, but they do it because they, you came in the back door and you did something that impressed them. You showed me what you could do and uh, let me see the kind of things you could do for me. Find out where that person has a need and supply that for them in a way that is pleasing. This is the real way you get ahead in life, not just in getting that first job out of college or other jobs you're gonna need. Find out where the other person has a need, a desire, a want, and then work on that. That's most important. I love it. I love it. So let's come back to the, you know, the topic of how to overcome overwhelmed. What you talked about in your TEDx, you talked about three main things. Can you kind of go over what those three things are and how is that relevant to students? Well, I think what you want to do is when you're in, I'm trying to remember right now, the three it, things. <laughs> you are in control. Number one, you're talking about how you are in control Yep. Um, and how as a, as an individual and we kind of, you're in control of your life and you're over, you're in control of everything that happens in your life. Yes. You don't have to feel like, oh, gee, it's got me. I can't con do this. But you realize, wait a minute, you're in control of your time. As a matter of fact, it's kind of like uh, the Stoics tell us. And whatever happens to you, you can't control, but you can always control how you react. Viktor Frankl talked about that in his work, Man's Search for Meaning. He was a psychiatrist in Auschwitz and Dachau, both. And he saw many people just give up because they didn't have a real meaning to keep going. Others said they're going to stay there and they're going to do it. Even if it was, I'm going to get back at these guards someday. They had a meaning. They had a reason for that. So you want to make sure that you understand you are in control on how you do it. You don't have to be overwhelmed. And however you are going to respond is really 100% up to you. Nobody can make you mad. You may be mad. No, you chose to be mad based on the reactions that that person had. And if you choose to be mad, it's nobody's fault but yours. They might be a jerk. They might be someone you just go, get the freak out of my life. I don't want you around here. Okay, fine. But you determine how you're going to react and you can always choose to remain calm. You can always choose to remain in control. I think that's the key. And so, and then what was our second point? The, the, the second one is having the right strategies and the right technology. Yeah, get the right technology. Strategies are important. They let you know how you're going to get there. And the technologies, I find we can get a lot more done Leveraging technologies like, for instance, dictation is one that I'm using extensively as a uh, journalist, as a writer, as a speaker, because when I can pick up my smartphone and I can talk into this thing and I can have it come out almost perfect, that gives me the ability to get more done. You can talk 
faster than you can write. So use that technology to get through and tools like we're using right now, Zoom. This gives me the ability to see you. I can watch your reaction. You can see my reaction. If you say, Terry, could you do this? I go, yeah, yeah, I can do that. You know, you can tell from the body language, I'm going, I don't want to do that. You know, or if I say, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, Terry's a little more enthusiastic about it. And so there's so much in that. Use the technology and focus on those areas that you have and get the right strategies. And that's where the meditation comes in, the daily meditation to keep you on track where you're going to be. I guess I learned a lot of that studying uh, martial arts. I studied Kodokan Judo for many years when I was a child and had uh, Toyoji Matsumoto-san, third degree black belt from Tokyo, who was a wonderful instructor, the sensei, we call it, instructor in Judo. And he talked about these things that we did called mukso, meditation and being quiet and thinking and focus. And so I kind of have the Asian influence in me there. And I find that that really helps us to make sure we're doing what is right. Rather than just doing activities, do what is right, doing it in the right way. And then what would be the third one? And the third one is move your thinking from no way to not yet. Yes, that's most important. Too often when things bad happen to us, we'll go, oh, I'm just no good. Or technology goes bad. Oh, I'm just no good with technology. Well, you're going in a downward spiral and you're telling your brain, eh, I'm not good. Eh, I'm not good. And that's not a good way to do it. But then also you don't want to go to the other extreme where people jump up on a chair and they're pumping their fists in the air going, yes, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you get back from the rally, you get back from the seminar, and you come back home and your brain goes, sit down, you can't do that, because you know you really can't. But what you can do instead is say those two magic words, where you look at something and you say, can I do that? Well, not yet. See, there's hope in there. It's like the germ of an idea that I could do this if I go out and I read the right books, I watch the right videos, I take the right courses, I get the right coaches and mentors. I'm going to figure out what to do. Like, for instance, you know, Daniel, I'm studying Spanish and I've got a long way to go, but I'm studying it. And so most every day I'm using, like you and I were talking before we do the recording, I'm studying Duolingo. And going through that, and I'm habla espanol, and I'm working on it. And sometimes I look, I go, why are they saying that way? I don't understand. It's frustrating. But I just keep going over and over it. And so you see, instead of saying, no, I can't, and feeling miserable, or on the other extreme going, oh, yes, I can do it, when you really can't, what you're saying is, okay, I can't do it yet, but I'm willing to put in the time, the money, and the energy to make it happen. I shared the story in the TEDx talk about Ben Franklin and his quote I thought was so good. He said, pour the coins of your purse into your mind and your mind will overflow your purse with coins. Be willing to part with your time, your money, your energy, help others and that will help you then to achieve the goals that you need. And it's ongoing. It never stops. You, when you are 150, 175 years old, you'll still need to do it. And by the way, Daniel, seriously, no hyperbole, you have the strong possibility of reaching 150, 175 with our medical technology as it's progressing. So uh, start taking care of yourself real well right now and uh, see what happens in the future. Terry, I mean, this is this is just amazing. This is I, I want to find out a little bit more in your motivation. Like, what? When did you realize that you wanted to go into speaking and helping others the way that you've done? 
Well, it's been an evolution for me. I, I like to joke. I say, well, I couldn't find anybody to pay me what I thought I was worth. So I went into speaking. But for me, the way I started my case, I got out of the MBA program. And the MBA program, they put all these things in your head about finance and uh, uh, kind of things of uh, internal rate of return and net present value, pro forma income statements, all that stuff. And we did it on, back then on paper and pen and pencil, you know, put it in there. And then these newfangled things came out called computers and spreadsheets. And so I didn't know anything about it, but I just paid the time, money, and effort to learn how to do it. I'd show up at a lab. I took a course at the school where I graduated, Georgia State University. I went back for some other courses so that I could get access to the lab, and they had a computer there, and I could use it because not many people were, and I'd be in there at six in the morning. So I'd have to get up way early, be there, go through it until late at night when they'd throw us out. And I taught myself how to use a spreadsheet called SuperCalc, and then I learned another one that came out late, a little bit later called Lotus One Two Three. And so what I did is I learned how to take those things we did in cash flow analysis, put it into the computer, and then I showed other people how to do that and showed some others and some others. And then I realized I could probably do a course on this. So I tried it and I did a, a course at a place where they needed somebody to show that and I blew it. Oh, it was terrible. It was, people were getting up and walking out. I was absolutely horrendous, but I remained focus on it. I got up, went back and did it again. And it got better and better. And that's kind of how I got into the speaking. I started teaching, doing training, and then it gradually kept evolving and changing through the years. And I got eventually involved in the National Speakers Association. It was one of the smartest things I ever did. I heard about it from a friend who told me and I had not heard of it. But I also realized at that moment, and that those of you that are listening to this, there's going to come a time, several times in life, when you realize this is it, I've got a decision to make here. I either go for this or I don't. And I knew I had been speaking professionally for about five years, mainly doing training. But when he told me about this organization called the National Speakers Association, I knew there was a national body and there was also a local chapter. I thought, okay, I need to get involved in both, particularly at the local level, because that's where you really learn. So I did and it changed my life for the better which gave me the options to learn about speaking, what to do, meet some of the most wonderful people in the world. And now, uh, after 30 years in NSA, 36 years now, uh, actually 31 years in NSA uh, and all that, I feel like I'm just getting started. But I've had the chance to meet a lot of people, like you and I were talking before, and guy, I'm going to get a chance to meet a guy named Ivan Duque, who happens to be the president of Colombia. I'm opening a big session and he's closing it. We're going to get to know each other. I'm going to meet him. And that way I'm looking forward to it. And one of the nice things about what we do in speaking is we get a chance to meet a lot of people. So I would say to those of you that are listening to this, think of what it is that's important to you. Work on that. Be willing to put in the time, the money, and the energy to get it. Nobody owes you anything. You have to give them value first. And as you do that, then it comes back to you in abundance. And sometimes it doesn't come from the same source. It's like you help a person, they might not be the ones that return it. They might not be grateful. They might not be able to for whatever reason. But you're building the skills. You're exercising your adding value muscle, and then you're able to help others in a profound way. Tay, I have one more, uh, well, actually a couple more questions, but the, I see that you, you've been speaking on te about technology for like over 30 years, right? And, and technology changes extremely fast. Yes. That's, and so one thing you can be certain that is change. How, yep. 
you know, most people don't have a change mentality. Most people like to stay with, they're comfortable with what they know and they don't like changing. But you obviously, since the beginning, and when you're even sharing your story about after your MBA, you've been changing and you've been, in a sense, ahead of the curve. If you're going to be teaching technology, you have to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. When did you realize that changing was important? And how did you, how did you train your mindset to accept changing? Well, I guess I just realized this is the way it is. For me, I embrace a lot of what I see the Stoics did. People like Marcus Aurelius, uh, Epictetus, Seneca, people like that from Rome and from Greece many, many years ago, thousands of years ago. And they realized the world was changing, but there were certain principles that stayed the same. Walk into those principles and learn them. But with the technology, it's going to change. I mean, we talk about Lotus 1, 2, 3 right now. That was a big thing back then. It was breathtaking. And I would see, I ended up, by the way, teaching a lot of CPAs, the certified public accountants uh, around the United States and in other countries. And we would set up the spreadsheet. It was kind of fun. And I'd say, watch this. I can change this one number and all these others here will change. Woohoo! That was a big deal thing. I said, several of those accountants came dangerously close to actually having an emotion. It was scary <laughs> to see that happen. But what we've got to do is keep adapting and changing. You realize this is the way it works on planet Earth. And a good way to learn that, study history. Look at what happened back years ago, decades ago, uh, thousands of years ago. One of the, uh, the greatest generals, probably the greatest general that ever lived was Napoleon Bonaparte. And he would be out there pushing the edge, trying to get new ideas. They had certain precepts and concepts. This is the way you must do it. Like, for instance, you could never take your troops over the Alps at a certain time of the year. Just You don't do it because it's terrible. I mean, your troops can die. It's cold. It's terrible. And so Napoleon just said, hmm, for Napoleon's troops, there are no Alps. Now, we just keep going. We will not stop. And he defeated his enemies because he would do unconventional things. He'd use new technologies that they didn't know what was going on. They just said, okay, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it the way it's supposed to be done. General Mack did that. Prussian general came up against Napoleon and said, no, he doesn't know. We're going to use the same thing. Well, he just kind of, as a smart aleck, sent a little bit of troops here and sent them over this way. And he outflanked them. And General Mack lost, one of the greatest Prussian generals ever because Napoleon tried unconventional new things. The American patriots who fought against the greatest military of the world, Great Britain, did the same thing. They looked at, here, we're going up, we're a bunch of squirrel hunters and farmers and bankers and merchants, and we're going up against these trained professionals. They got these cute little red coats on and everything, and they're going out there doing it. Well, what are we gonna do? We're gonna get killed. Well, many of them did, but when they said, we're gonna change. We're going to adapt. And what they did is they started doing things that the British said, you cannot do this. It is not proper to do it this way. They would always march in their nice rows. The Americans go, really? <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. And they hid behind trees and they'd start <laughs> shooting them. And they realized, hey, you're not supposed to. The British would say, you cannot do that. They go, really? Try it. We're doing it. And they start picking them off. They started shooting the officers, which you're not supposed to do according to proper warfare. And they said, we're going to do it anyway. And then they came up with a thing called the American long rifle. And what they did is they created some technology. They had some grooves in it that went in a circle, which let the bullet go faster and more accurately. And so when they did that, that they adapted to change. They created the change. And then the French saw what was being done. And the French said, hey, those folks over in America, they got something going. We might, we don't like the Brits anyway. We'll go in on the side of the Americans here and uh, hey, maybe some good things will happen. So I think as we study history, we see we've got to keep adapting and changing. The one thing, you said it well, Daniel, change is the one thing that's going to be there. But also it can change at a faster rate. 
like in calculus, it's increasing at an increasing rate. And so differential, integral calculus, all that's going to be important. But study history and be willing to adapt and change on a regular basis. I love it. Terry, so time flies and we've been speaking for about 30 minutes now. And I thought we were going for like 15 hours today. We're going for 15 hours. But <laughs> my audience, right, my audience generally listens to this podcast when they're multitasking. This is what we're yep, We all do. I do too on my podcast. <laughs> I, I understand that. So I get it. And so... What I always want to finish the episode with is one thing that if, even if, you know, they're, they're listening to multitasking, if they could take away one thing from our conversation, what would you hope that would be? I think the real key is what you have to do to achieve success and to get ahead. I had a chance to talk to uh, Vince Lombardi Jr. a while back. He was a member of the National Speakers Association and I was speaking in Wisconsin and I wanted to get a quote from him that I could use and share with the group there because they would go, oh, Vince Lombardi, wow, they, they really like that. And so I called him up and uh, he was so kind. He said, yes, I'll do that. And I said, okay, Vince, what is it would you like to say? He says, you know, when people think of my father, many of them think that winning isn't the everything, it's the only thing. And, uh, but when I think of my father, I think of what he talked to me about being willing to pay the price. Those who are winners are willing to do that. The losers want the, uh, the success. They want to have the money. They want all that, but they're not willing to go out there and to use a football analogy, to do those extra laps when it's cold and rainy and you're hungry, you're tired, you're feeling terrible. You just want to go back home, get a warm shower and have a nice meal. But nope, you owe me two more laps. I know it's 40 degrees out and there's a rain coming down and it's miserable. Those who are willing to pay the price, the time, the money and the energy are the ones who get ahead. And that's what I would say to those of you that are listening. Think about what it is you want and be willing to pay the price and be willing to keep evaluating and to adapt and change when you realize, hey, I'm trying this and it's not working. Got to get the help, get the assistance you need, get the coaching, the wisdom. And much of that coaching and wisdom can come from books. Read the books of those who are really, really smart that have lived before us, that are living now. Learn from that when you say, I don't have much money to hire. That's okay. You can go to libraries. Hey, this is why God invented Google. You can get out there and you can do it. Find out what's going on. And I wish you the best. And hey, if I could help out, please let me know. I'd love to hear from people who are going places, who believe in value for value, and those who are going to be successful and already are successful. Daniel, thank you so much. It's really wonderful to be here. It's an honor to be with you, sir. I really appreciate it. Muchas gracias, senor. No, Terry, Terry, the pleasure is all mine. And Terry, how can the audience connect with you? If they, if they want to learn more about you, they, they, you know, they want to send you, communicate with you. What's the best way for that? Uh, email is a great way to do it. And go over to my website. You'll see it there. My website is terrybrock.com. And that's spelled, since we're on audio here, T-E-R-R-Y. And Brock is spelled the right way, B-R-O-C-K. So it's terrybrock.com. And I'm terry at terrybrock.com for email. I will definitely also add that on the show notes so anybody can go in and just copy and paste. Terry, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been an amazing, amazing episode. I can't wait to pub publish it and have the audience listen to it. Thank you so much, my friend. And for everybody- Great to be with you. I'm high-fiving you across the miles. <laughs> High-five across the mic. For everybody else listening to this episode, thank you for listening and catch you on the next episode.
if you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.